Today's read, The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. Chapter 18, The Study of the Negro. The facts drawn from an experience of more than 20 years enable us to make certain deductions with respect to the study of the Negro. Only one Negro out of every 10,000 is interested in the effort to set forth what his race has thought and felt and attempted and accomplished that it may not become a negligible factor in the thought of the world. By traditions and education, however, the large majority of Negroes have become interested in the history and status of other races, and they spend millions annually to promote such knowledge. Along with this sum, of course, should be considered the large amount paid for devices in trying not to be Negroes. The chief reason why so many give such a little attention to the background of the Negro is the belief that this study is unimportant. They consider as history only such deeds as those of Mussolini who after building up an efficient war machine with the aid of other Europeans would now use it to murder unarmed and defenseless Africans who have restricted themselves exclusively to attending to their own business. If Mussolini succeeds in crushing Abyssinia, he will be recorded in history among the Caesars, and volumes written in praise of the conqueror will find their way to the homes and libraries of thousands of miseducated Negroes. The oppressor has always indoctrinated the weak with this interpretation of the crimes of the strong. The warlords have done good only accidentally or incidentally while seeking to do evil. The movements which have ameliorated the condition of humanity and stimulated progress have been inaugurated by men of thought in lifting their fellows out of drudgery unto ease and comfort, out of selfishness, unto altruism. The Negro may well rejoice that his hands, unlike those of his oppressors, are not stained with so much blood extracted by brute force. Real history is not the record of the successes and disappointments, the vices, the follies, and the quarrels of those who engage in contention for power. The association for the study of Negro life and history is projected on the fact that there is nothing in the past of the Negro more shameful than what is found in the past of other races. The Negro is as human as the other members of the family of mankind. The Negro, like others, has been up at times and at times he has been down. With the domestication of animals, the discovery of iron, the development of stringed instruments, an advancement in fine art, and the inauguration of trial by jury state to his credit, 
the Negro stands just as high as others in contributing to the progress of the world. The oppressor, however, raises his voice to the contrary. He teaches the Negro that he has no worth, no worthwhile past, that his race has done nothing significant since the beginning of time and that there is no evidence that he will ever achieve anything great. The education of the Negro then must be carefully directed lest the race may waste time trying to do the impossible. Lead the Negroes to believe this and thus control his thinking. If you can thereby determine what he will think, you will not need to worry about what he will do. You will not have to tell him to go to the back door. He will go without being told, and if there is no back door, he will have one cut for his special benefit. If you teach the Negro that he has accomplished as much good as any other race, he will aspire to equality and justice without regard to race. Such an effort would upset the program of the oppressor in Africa and America. Play up before the Negro then his crimes and shortcomings. Let him learn to admire the Hebrew, the Greek, the Latin, and the Teuton. Lead the Negro to detest the man of African blood, to hate himself. The oppressor then may conquer, exploit, oppress, and even annihilate the Negro by segregation without fear or trembling. With the truth hidden, there will be little expression of thought to the contrary. The American Negro has taken over an abundance of information which others have made accessible to the oppressed, but he has not yet learned to think and plan for himself as others do for themselves. Well might this race be referred to as the most docile and tractable people on earth. This merely means that when the oppressors once start the large majority of the race in the direction of serving the purposes of their traducers, the task becomes so easy in the years following that they have little trouble with the masses thus controlled. It is a most satisfactory system and it has become so popular that European nations of foresight are sending some of their brightest minds to the United States to observe the Negro in in action in order to learn how to deal likewise with Negroes in their colonies. What the Negro in America has become satisfied with will be accepted as the measure of what should be allotted him elsewhere. Certain Europeans consider the solution of the race problem in the United States one of our great achievements. The miseducated Negro joins the opposition with the objection that the study of the Negro keeps alive questions which should be forgotten. The Negro should cease to remember that he was once held a slave, that he has been oppressed, and even that he is a Negro. The traducer, however, keeps before the public such aspects of this history as will justify the present oppression of the race. It would seem, then, that the Negro should emphasize at the same time the favorable aspects to justify action in his behalf. 
One cannot blame the Negro for not desiring to be reminded of being the sort of creature that the oppressor has represented the Negro to be. But this very attitude of being this this very attitude shows ignorance of the past and a slavish dependence upon the enemy to serve those whom he would destroy. The Negro can be made proud of his past only by approaching it scientifically himself and giving his own story to the world. What others have written about the Negro during the last three centuries has been mainly for the purpose of bringing him where he is today and holding him there. The method employed by the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, however, is not spectacular propaganda or fire-eating agitation. Nothing can be accomplished in such fashion. Whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad. The Negro, whether in Africa or America, must be directed toward a serious examination of the fundamentals of education, religion, literature, and philosophy as they have been expounded to him. He must be sufficiently enlightened to determine for himself whether these forces have come into his life to bless him or to bless his oppressor. After learning the facts, in the case, the Negro must develop the power of execution to deal with these matters as do people of vision. Problems of great importance cannot be worked out in a day. Questions of great moment must be met with far-reaching plans. The Association for the Study of Negro Life and History is teaching the Negro to exercise foresight rather than hindsight. Liberia must not wait until she is offered to Germany before realizing that she has few friends in Europe. Abyssinia must not wait until she is invaded by Italy before she prepares for self-defense. A scientific study of the past of modern nations would show these selfish tendencies as inevitable results from their policies in dealing with those whom they have professed to elevate. For example, much of Africa has been conquered and subjugated to save souls. How expensive has been the Negro's salvation? One of the strong arguments for slavery was that it brought the Negro into the light of salvation, and yet the Negro today is all but lost. The Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, however, has no special brand for the solution of the race problem except to learn to think. No general program of uplift for the Negroes in all parts of the world will be any more successful than such a procedure would be in the case of members of other races under different circumstances. What will help a Negro in Alabama may prove harmful to one in Maine. The African Negro may find his progress retarded by applying methods used for the elevation of the Negro in America. A thinking man, however, learns to deal wisely with conditions as he finds them, 
rather than to take orders from someone who knows nothing about his status and cares less. At present, the Negro, both in Africa and America, is being turned first here and there experimentally by so-called friends who, in the final analysis, assist the Negro merely in remaining in the dark. In the furtherance of the program of taking up these matters dispassionately, the association had made available an outline for the systematic study of the Negro as he has touched the life of others and as others have functioned in their relation to him. The African, the African background outlined a handbook. This book is written from the point of view of history, literature, art, education, religion, and economic imperialism. In 17 chapters as part one of the work, a brief summary of the past in Africa is presented. And Horses on the Negro in Africa, The Negro in the European Mind, The Negro in America, The Negro in Literature, The Negro in Art, The Education of the Negro, The Religious Development of the Negro, and Economic Imperialism follow as part two with ample bibliography bibliographical comment for every heading and subhead of these outlines. This facilitates the task of clubs, young people societies, and special classes organized where the oppressors of the race and the Negroes cooperating with them are determined that the history and status of the Negro shall not be made a part of the curricula. In this outline, there is no animus nothing to engender race hate. The association does not bring out such publications. The aim of this organization is to set forth facts in scientific form, for facts properly set forth will tell their own story. No advantage can be gained by merely inflaming the Negro's mind against his traducers in a manner they deserve to be congratulated for taking care of their own interests so well. The Negro needs to become angry with himself because he has not handled his own affairs wisely. In other words, the Negro must learn from others how to take care of himself in this trying ordeal. He must not remain content with taking over what others set aside for him and then come in the guise of friends to subject even that limited information to further misinterpretation.